Welcome to GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. It is Sunday night. It is week 15. I am Tate Frazier, and I am joined by the esteemed, the local celebrity himself, Tony P. star, yeah, Mr. Right. Michael Lombardi. Lombardi, I, how you doing? I, I actually am a star today. I'm a star because I'm a grandfather for the second time today. Congratulations. Millie and I, Millie's, not, Millie's in Waco, Texas. Congratulations to my son and his, uh, his lovely wife, Julie. Mm. Had a little baby, Leo. So there's a it's Leo a Lombardi in the in the family. So now that's two. Was that paying homage to DiCaprio or just Leo? It was actually playing. Uh, I used to love you know when Austin Powers uh-huh. when he had, <laughs> when he's carrying Mini Me around and, he goes, yeah. and then Leo comes on the TV. Leo like yes. that. Uh, that's one of my favorite scenes. No, I don't know. So it was Austin Powers that made this happen. No, I don't think it was. I just happened to love Austin. Powers. Thank you, Mike like, Myers. I, I just happened to love Austin. <laughs> you, you didn't ask me three times either. Uh, by the way, <laughs> I would have told you if you asked me three times. Anyway, I don't know. It was uh, I don't know where they got the inspiration no, from, but it, it's awesome. I mean, it was it's great. The little guy's healthy, so that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And he came out on on a great, great Sunday, the seventeenth of the seventeenth season of a great day of football. Absolutely. Now he now he's born right, Leo. Yes. Leo Lombardi's, but he has no idea what a catch is, right? Yeah, that's what I'm going to ask. I was going to, and I have no idea what a catch is either. To be or not to be, <laughs> we're going to call it the Hamlet catch of the week. We we well, have no idea. It's really idea. the Hamlet game. It's the Hamlet game. Yes, because right. so, it would be, you know, there's like the tuck rule, and you know, there, we're going to call it the Hamlet game. Jesse James rule I, doesn't roll off the tongue. So, no. and it's hard. Like somebody was, t- somebody texted me today, had a bunch of ideas for nicknames, and the guy's usually brilliant with nicknames. Khalib Bacon, wonderful guy, great uh-huh. with nicknames, and. And, you know, D.B. Flacco, he, that's his name. I mean, he came up with it. So, but it, like he had like them, you know, it's just hard to rhyme things with Heinz Field and, you know, the Steelers, you know. it's There's the, nothing really there. I mean, Jesse James, when people hear that name, they usually think of Sandra Bullock. So, I mean, it, that's it's hard. That's true, too. Yeah. yeah with it's all really those tough. tats. He had all those tats, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I. It's uh, very strange. We're going to call it the Hamlet game. The Hamlet. To be to be or not to be. What is a catch? Exactly. And we're going to address the elephant in the room. And there's actually an elephant on the table. So That's I just right. had the, That's for Leo. And the elephant in the room is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, by all accounts, would have won this football game if things were judged by the eye test. Unfortunately, they are judged. Or the Tony P test. Or the Tony P test. The way the, the Steelers fans reacted at Tony P's. Well, they were like, very I, upset. Look, it's, look I, Mike, I, I stole this from Mike Holmgren, so I, I'll give credit where credit is due. Because he said it about the Tuck game. He said, hey, if 20 guys in a bar think it's a fumble, then it's probably a fumble. Well, today I was in a bar. And I'm sitting next to our good colleague, Joel Solomon, who's sitting there the watching. The star of Saturday Sit Down. Saturday Sit Down. He starred many things, by the way. And so we're sitting there watching a the game, and and he's like, and, and first of all, he he knows the end is near. Like, you could just see he's the absolute, mm-hmm. complete New Yorker. He knows, like, something bad's going to happen. Like, he knows it. So as the Patriots are driving the ball down the field, he just knows they're going to lose, right? And then he has a rebirth on the on. On the t- when Schuster catches yeah, the ball, yeah. So Smith Schuster gets the drag route, takes it about sixty. Yeah, I mean down Eric, to the ten yard Eric line. Eric Rowe kind of gets cut off, mm-hmm. and then Jordan Richards misses another tackle for about the fifteenth <laughs> time. You know, and it goes down the sideline. They make the tackle, and it gets to the nine yard line. Then they don't cover. Two guys go to the flat and leave Jesse James wide, wide open, open mm-hmm. right? And Ben throws it to him. And great play by Ben. Right. We think it's a great play by Jesse James. So I'm, I'm telling this story. So the great Joel Solomon says. What are they replay? What are they looking at? And I'm like, I have no idea what they're looking at. So they show the replay again. And Romo I, and Nance both think it's a spot. 
They're looking at the spot on the one yard line, but as it continues to, to linger, see, we on, couldn't hear that because we're in the bar. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm thinking, like, okay, like, there's a difference between losing control of the football and trying to get the ball across the goal line. Like, I think there's a real difference here. Like, I get you didn't have control of the ball; the ball was moving slightly. I, I don't always agree with it, but I could see that point. Like, I didn't think Jesse James never had control of the football. I thought Jesse James was trying to get a touchdown and make sure he broke the plane. One would call it a football move, right? right. He's making a football move. That, that's always the way they're like, was he making a football move? Because that's the way to determine if it's a fumble or an incomplete pass, right? Yeah, yeah, Usually. Right. I, I just, so like for me, it was like, I think we've come down to, and of course, Joel has this great point. He says, we've turned football into CSI Miami, you know, <laughs> where Sophia Milos when we need her. But anyway, so like, it's like, we can't figure out like, where is the... You know, we slow it down to these fractions a second. And I, I really don't think nobody's asked Jesse James this, but I don't think Jesse James ever thought he didn't have control of that football. I think he was just trying to break the plane. And Tony Dungy comes on Sunday Night Football and he basically says, you have to teach your receivers that sometimes it's better just to go down with the football than try to to, to lunge for and the I goal agree, line. And I agree. Like in New England, you're not allowed to extend to the – like you can't extend the ball in New England. That's a rule, right? I mean, that's just – if you do it, you're not going to play. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go the pylon. We don't – because the – the reason is not because you think you're going to lose control of the ball. It's because the ball gets slapped out or you fumble like what we've seen happen. This case, I just don't think he was being careless with the football at all. And he was wide open. I mean, he was basically I mean, turning up himself. I mean, it wasn't right. like he was in. Actually, I think he ran the route. There was two guys in the area. Like, I'm not sure that really the Big Ben was throwing to him. I think he was throwing. Schuster was right there, too. Absolutely. And the thing is, if he had gotten touched. Like, if he had gotten hit as he caught the football, his knee was down, so he would have therefore been down. Right. So it would, then it would have turned into, like, maybe a potential fumble situation at that point. Right. It would just – all things came about in this whole situation. And then we go to the replay review. Everyone's saying, well, based on the rule, it does look like a catch, but based on the rule, it's not a catch. So then it comes down to, I mean, do you have to address the rule at this point? Look, I'm a, I'm a Patriot fan, and I think it was a horrible call. Everybody in the bar, Tony Pease was going crazy. I mean, the Steeler fans were going nuts. The Patriot fans were like, ah, see, I told you. Like, to me, I mean, it was a great game considering that Antonio Brown gets hurt, mm-hmm. right? And so they don't have him. But, I, you know, in all due respect to the Patriot, to the Steeler fans, the Brown injury forced the Steelers to play a completely different way. And that way really was the best way. That they controlled, I think they were 10 for 16 on third down. They controlled the they played a pace game, which they have to do. Now, when they play him again and Brown comes back, assuming he's going to be better for the calf, what they say the, the He's going to be out into the playoffs. That's right. the report right now. Which people report on television, but they read it on Twitter. It's the most <laughs> fascinating thing of all time. Like I'm watching TV and I, I'm they're saying everything that they say on Twitter, mm. Tate Frazier. It's amazing. And you're getting paid for TV for this? Really? It's a pretty good job. It's a hell of a job. You basically anyway. just read it out to the world. Um, Let's go past that. So the, the catch happens. Uh, it's not a catch. Um, They decide that. So now we run the next play. We get tackled inbounds. The Steelers do. Right. And, and they don't have a and they don't have a timeout. No timeout because they take the timeout after the Juju Smith-Schuster tackle. Right. So the clock runs down to 34 seconds. They waste their last timeout. They come up to the line. They run a little drag route. He gets tackled inbounds. The clock is rolling big. Big Ben now goes to the line. Right. Most all signs point to we're going to clock this football. Instead, he does sort of a a, a, a similar to a fake spike, but not really a fake spike. Kind of half, you know. Yeah. He acts like he's going to throw it down. Eli Rogers runs a slant. 
Big Ben stands there for a second in traffic, pocket is collapsing around him. But the line and the other receivers, nobody else runs a route except for Rodgers. Right. So he has one guy to throw the ball to. He ends up trying to force it in traffic. It gets tipped up, gets picked, game over, Patriots win. And then after the game is the interesting part because Big Ben is asked about the situation. He says that he wanted to clock the football. But he heard from the sidelines, specifically Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, that he should not clock the football, run the play. He ends up throwing a pick, and he kind of throws his coach under the bus. Right, he threw everybody under the bus. But here's what I will say about that. Okay, so there's a real steadfast rule. There used to be a steadfast rule that if your feet were on the 10-yard line and the punt went over your head that you would not go back for it. But now we field punts inside the 5-yard line or inside (laughs) the 10, which makes no sense. But this steadfast rule has gone on since time immemorial. When you throw the ball to the front of the goal line, it must be thrown low. Mm -hmm. If you throw the ball to the back of the end line, it must be thrown high. What Ben did is the complete violation of all throws. You do not throw any throw near the goal line, especially packed in the middle of the field where the ball can do exactly what happened in that ball, where Rowe comes over, he tips the ball, the ball goes up in the air, and like Harmon said, I had no choice but to catch the ball. To me, that that really is – it's on coaching. It's on – like that play, again, is the wrong play, again. Why? Because if you're going to run that play, you want to run it outside where you can throw it low to the goal line or you want to throw it to the back of the end line. You don't want to throw the ball packed in the middle of the field because there's too many hands. What happens if a ball gets tipped going over the middle? All that. That's just called, you know, I talk about this all the time, that Marcus Aurelius quote about the the secret to all victory lies in the organization of the non-obvious. Well, that's the non-obvious that I'm talking about. Like that situation is non-obvious. Like nobody realizes you can't do that. Like Mm -hmm. good teams, good coaches don't want to throw the ball over the middle of the field. Now you see it all the time. You see, I think the Eagles threw a touchdown pass today. Uh, Tennessee threw one where they're throwing the ball at the, over the middle of the field, but that, that throw is different. It's high. It's towards the back of the end zone. And they're not throwing it through a bunch of people. It's just really poor. I thought it was a poor call. I mean, Ben throws his coach off the bus. Yeah, that's bad too. Don't get me wrong. But the reality of it is, is that whole drive, having to call timeout too, Tay Frazier. Mm-hmm. Like that's really wrong too, right? Yeah. Like that just, you can't do that either. Well, I think the thing about that is, you know, obviously the great thing about Juju Smith-Schuster is that he does go about 80 yards. But the bad thing is that your your whole offensive line and Big Ben have to run 80 yards. And that's why they couldn't get down there to get the spike. But in my opinion, right, if you're the if you're the Steelers and you see Juju taking off, we're sprinting. We're trying to get down there so we don't have to waste that timeout and end up coming to bite him. And you can't you like you need that timeout because now because you threw the ball and then the next play you throw the ball in bounds and. Look, the one thing you know, we trust you as a quarterback. I mean, as a quarterback, we're trusting you to protect the football. That's why we pay you all this money. You got to protect the ball. You can't make that throw. I don't care what they told him in the headset. That's you can't make that throw. Like you just can't do that. You can't put your team in harm's way. And, you know, it was a hard-fought game. Look, I I think the Steelers should walk off that field feeling like, "You know what? We played this team toe to toe. We have nobody we have no answer for Gronk." Like all this bragging that Tomlin's been doing about you know, they got no answer for Gronk. Yeah, and I will say this. Maybe we will all learn one day. Stop throwing the ball across the middle against the Patriots on the goal line. You would think so. We've well, learned that I, lesson. Because I don't think people talk about this enough. We don't talk about it on television enough. The throws, when you're in the red zone, you can't throw the ball to the – you have to throw it low to the goal line and high to the back line. That's got to be – that's offenses, okay? There's those middle throws in the – they're hard to get. And if you don't coach it, you're going to make, keep making those mistakes and wonder why. Yeah. 
And Tomlin, after the game, I will say this. I mean, I think a lot of coaches, after all that had transpired, and obviously, you know, you go from thinking we just got to win at home, and at least we're going to go to overtime because we're going to get a field goal, right. and you go to losing 27-24. You know, he was pretty much in the press conference like, we fought hard. We missed Antonio Brown. You know, th- these things happen. He didn't, He didn't. you know, pull right. the, the caveat of, like, you know, the catch and all this stuff. He he didn't go low. He no, went high. I, I don't see – see, Tomlin's a stand-up guy to me. I mean, Tomlin, like, there's things that don't happen well on the field, like that timeout, all those things that you wonder what they do. There's details that I think get not addressed, but, but he's a stand-up guy. I think, look – they did miss Antonio Brown. I'm not going to deny it. But but what the lesson to learn here is the pace of this game. That's how even if Brown, when Brown comes back, this is how we got to play him. Mm-hmm. Getting a lot of third downs. They're going to get Van Noy back. That'll help them. But we got to get in third downs. We got to convert. The best defense we can have is keeping Brady off the field. And they did. And they just couldn't do it at the end. I think the Patriots like that injury to Rex Burkhead really helped the Patriots too. Not that Burkhead's not a good player, but. The Patriots are way better when Dion's on the field all the time. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want to accept it. They want to keep rotating all their backs in, but they're a better team when 33 is the back. And he runs hard inside. They take him out when it comes to goal line. And then Burke got hurt and he ran the ball in the end zone. I mean, like the guy's a really good runner on the short yardage play. They run him. He's a good inside runner. Like they're a way better team when he's on the field. Yeah, it's good for Pitt Panther fans. You know, you got Connor on one side, Deion Lewis on the other side. Yeah. I mean, if he's going against you, so. Look, look I, I think I think if you're if New England, you, you sit there, you won the game, you've won, you got the hat, you got the t-shirt, you know, you've won the East again. Uh, <laughs> I got to ask you. I mean, I can't believe they actually put on those hats and t-shirts. I mean, oh, no, how many do they have? Oh, That's too much. Zoom. I got to throw those out. No, they, look, they're worth it. You you fight your ass off for those things. You got to be. They enjoy them. You know, enjoy them just like the Eagles enjoy the being the, the uh, in the top two seeds. Those are those are things that are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. You know, and you think and you and you know. You take you can't take them for granted. Like my first couple of years in the NFL, we went to the super, went to the playoffs, Super Bowl. You start to start thinking you take those for granted, and then you have those long dry spells, and all of a sudden you realize, no man, I'm not taking this for granted anymore. Enjoy it. But they earned it. I mean, the one thing I will say, the games like that really teach you about how to stay mentally tough and focused. Like the Patriots could have easily just collapsed at the goal line, and that wasn't them. They played their asses off down there, and they made the play when they had to make the play. Pittsburgh's the same way. Pittsburgh rallied back. I mean, they gave up a hard, the touchdown. They fought. It was two hard-fought, tough, mentally teams. Yeah, I will say this. Brady, there was a good sign. When they got the uh, two-point conversion, Gronk is you know spiking the ball, celebrating, flexing at the camera, doing all this stuff. And Brady, someone caught a clip of the audio. Brady runs over to him. He's like, it ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't yeah. over. Well, and I mean, pulls look, him to the sideline. And look, he, he was look, correct. Their, their defense hasn't played very well. And that defense didn't play very well. I mean, they gave up 10 for 16 on third down. They put a little bit of pressure on. You know, they missed. They, they had a couple chances. Ben had a couple runs and Ben ran the ball once or twice I, I tweeted out like this is big Ben retro I mean he looked mm-hmm. good doing it but it was a, I thought it was a great game I thought it was a really it was now the chess match if they play again will be different but I thought it was a really good game but the pace of the game was exactly the way I know the Steelers missed Brown I'm not denying that but the way they played that game is how they ha- they should play they can't get the game into the 30s if they get that game in the 30s it's not going to work out where if you're a Patriot fan you're thinking hey we came from behind and beat them Usually, and the one area that's not going to get talked about is too is and 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 Joel reminded me of this when we were watching. They got conservative when they had the ball back, and it was twenty four to uh, I think the score was twenty four nineteen at that time, mm-hmm. right? They they should have said we they should have had the mentality we can't get the ball we got to get first we got to we can't punt the ball back. 
to them because you knew they were going to come back down the field again. You can't put the game with their defense. you got to win the game with your offense. Unfortunately, they lost the game with their offense. And the funny thing about that, too, is even when Lewis scored and they take the lead, I was thinking to myself, I'm sure Belichick wished that Lewis would have gone down to take more time off the clock because you didn't want to give Big yeah. Ben in that offense. They were really chance. letting that clock milk. I mean, they do it so good. I mean, they're so good at doing that that, you know, I don't think anybody thought – I think they ran that ball on that down – not because they thought he was going to run it in. Mm-hmm. I think they ran it to keep the clock exactly. going. Exactly. He kind of just, they almost like let up a little bit. You can yeah. see the steers like, look, if he's going to run, just let him go in. So Which we can is go probably back on a smart offense. thing to do. It, it was a great game. I mean, it, what made it a great game was the fact that the Ram game, we could talk about this now, but the Ram game was so dominant by the Rams. The Rams mm-hmm. made a statement today, Tate Frazier. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's the, the, there was a couple teams that made statements today. The Rams made a huge statement. They get, they get beat last week, they come back and, you know, Todd Gurley was the man today. And I, 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 I've I, defended Seattle all year thinking that eventually they're going to get it. Seattle has gone from being a team that appears to be, you know, um, in control but plays hostile to really an undisciplined team out of control. I mean, there's a reason they have all these penalties. There's a reason they play like this. They can't stop the run. I mean, the the, the end is – I don't think this – I do not think Seattle – If even if they get in, I don't think they're going to go more – when you lose at home this badly – and you're a really good home team, that tells you a lot right there. Yeah, Russell Wilson is a quarterback that thrives in chaos, and a lot of times today it was chaotic in the pocket. I mean, Robert Quinn was unbelievable getting after him. I mean, there were a few plays that Russell Wilson made where, I mean, I don't know how you – I mean, he's an escape artist, we know that, but, like, he was getting cr- – Dwayne Brown was just getting rocked. I mean, a guy they traded for and brought in and hoped that he would work out for them. I mean, he's supposed to be a, a Pro Bowl guy, but – he did not look like it against that. I mean, that D-line for the Rams and that defense in general, I mean, they look like a Super Bowl they contending their defense. Ass. They kicked their ass. I mean, Seattle's got real issues. I mean, they can't stop the run. They're, I mean, look, they got a lot of guys hurt, and they and they, and they got a lot of guys. I, but, but with all that being said, like at some point, Pete's got to sit this offseason down and say, we got to fix this offense, whether it's we got to change Daryl Bevel. How, whatever we're doing on offense has got to change because we can't win games with our best player leading the team in rushing making 15 throws, jumping over buildings, you know, leaping tall buildings in a single bound, you know. I mean, he's like Superman out there. We got to be able to – we can't be an offense that just runs plays. We got to be an offense that can run effectively a system. Right now, all they are is just a bunch of loose plays. He runs around and makes a play, and then, you know, Los Angeles wasn't having any of it. He chucks it down the field. I mean, you can't beat anybody doing this consistently. Yeah. You know? What do you think about the uh, the fact that McVeigh? I mean, even when they got this big lead, I mean, we obviously had the Farrell Cooper has a big special teams play. I mean, they didn't let off the gas at all. No, and that, that's sort of the weird thing. I mean, they were down, they were up twenty to zero. They showed the Seattle defense, and the you know they're getting this whole speech to the defense. Let's turn this thing around. And a lot of times you see that, and you're like, hey, it looks like Seattle may figure this thing out, but. I mean, the Rams just blew them out. I mean, it wasn't even close. I mean, I liked it. And the other thing I liked what Sean did today was when the the game was getting out of hand and he was losing, the team was losing control of their poise and their composure. He called his team together. He called a timeout, got his team. I thought that was really a smart move because at some point he's got to take over and be the head coach and just can't let Wade do it. So he did that. I was really impressed by him on that. I take my hat off from that. I think he did a great job. Look, they they are. We talked about on the Saturday sit down. They're all about Todd Gurley. They're mm-hmm. all about Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley was great today. He was great. I mean, they he looked like he was shot out of a cannon oh on some of these runs. He he didn't look like he was affected at all Four by the touchdowns. Eagle Yeah, it was I mean, unbelievable. He, was, he was really – they made a statement today. Like, I don't think you want to play – and the Rams are win on the road. Like, if I, I know the Rams are going to win the West now, mm-hmm. but I don't think you want to play the Rams 
home or away right now. I think he'd rather play him in Los Angeles than play him on the road. Absolutely. Uh, let's go to another statement win. That's the Carolina Panthers. Your Panthers. Yeah, the Aaron Rodgers came to town, and a lot of people were excited to see what Rodgers would do, but I don't think he was prepared for this Panthers defense going after him. I mean, they were blitzing him all day. Even Julius Peppers gets his 10th uh, sack of the season on him with a huge hit. It was a nice little respect moment. Rodgers pats him on the butt and it's like, you know, that, that's a good play by you. Rodgers throws three picks. He was taking a lot of hits today. Uh, and the Panthers, I mean, even when they made a little comeback uh, at the end of the day, they, they made some big plays on defense. They got the, the onside kick. I mean, they had a chance. Green Bay had a chance here late in the game. Absolutely. McCaffrey, we should talk about that onside kick real quick. I mean, I, I know we love McCaffrey. He's got great hands. He's a great, receiving, or great receiver. He's getting better running inside the tackle. But uh, that, that was tough to dive at that football with the hands team. So if they're in that situation late in the season, I don't know. They may, they may have to figure that out. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's, you know, when you, when you can get the game out, always say this when you can get the game to an onside kick game and when you're in the league and you're watching the game all you care about is let's just make this an onside kick game Mm because your chances you're going to get it you know and then you lose the onside kick those are scary I mean hell I remember one time I was at a we were playing the Bengals in Cincinnati years ago and we had a 10-point lead and 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 Millie and Millie had brought the kids down to the game, you know, and so the game would look like it was over, right? Mm-hmm. So the boys want to come down on the field, celebrate the you game. You did the Arthur Blink thing. You, you come down from yeah, the but box. I was way, way before <laughs> Arthur. I mean, this is like like there was like a minute to go in the game, you know, and yeah. so and Matthew, my youngest one, just had a baby today. He's like he's you know he's really little. So anyway, the, we're up by ten, and they kick a field goal, no big deal. All of a sudden, they're down there on the field. I'm holding hands. I'm telling. I'm leaning over, telling them both, "Look, if they we'll get this onside kick, game's over. We'll celebrate on the field here." Uh, you know, it happens. They get it. I got to give them back to them. I'm like literally handling them back to the stands to the mother. You know, so that that's a hard one. You know, when you lose, when you don't get that onside kick, and you're like, "Oh shoot!" And then you got to rally and play defense. But I thought Green Bay. I thought Green Bay got mesmerized by Rodgers coming back. Mm-hmm. I think they lost. Like, you look at the stats. They ran the ball really good against Carolina. Like, why didn't they run it more? Like, Aaron Jones was running really well. Yeah. Like, they couldn't stop him. And, and you know, Joel said this when we were watching. He's like, Rodgers said they're going to ride Rodgers to the playoff. And that's what they were trying to do. But they were, we talked about this in the Saturday sit down. They actually became a better team, complete team without Rodgers than they are with them. And now that you add him back in there, you had a running game a little bit. Before, it's never Rodgers could run the ball, but they could run. They were running the ball against Carolina. Yeah, Jones had only three carries for 47 yards. Rodgers himself had six carries for 43 yards. So the fact that Aaron Rodgers ran more and rushed more than Aaron Jones, I mean, that, that tells you I mean, you right and there. he wasn't like he wasn't running. And, and, and ja- I think it's Johnson did, or the other back had the, the other back. What did he have? The uh, Williams kid. He had yards too, so I mean, look, they could run. They were running yeah, the ball. Jamal Williams had uh, ten carries for thirty yards. I mean, so you know, I mean, that's three yards carry. But anyway, so look, I I just think they kind of got look. Green Bay's not good on defense. We know this. I mean, Green mm-hmm. Bay, look, the, 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 it's good for Packer fans that, that they're not going to have their heart broken. Now, my question to you, Tate Frazier, is this: you think you think Aaron Rodgers should play two these next two games? Absolutely, just sit out. I, I I don't. Why would you play them? Right? Yeah. Just sit out. So you're you're going for next season now. I think the biggest thing in this game that I think they was, they won't. They'll take it seriously. Like no no no. We're gonna play Aaron Rodgers. 
Like really? You if I'm play? him, there's there's no way I'm playing. I mean, he took one hit today where uh, Kawan Short landed and took him down on his right shoulder, and he got up. And I mean, they did like the slow mo. Fox were going to break, and you know he had grass, and he was just shaking his head as if you know, wow, I, I didn't know I was going to get hit like this today. This was not the team. I think if there were any other game for him to go into, there's teams in the NFC. I wouldn't. If I were Aaron Rodgers, I would not yeah. want to come play the Vikings. I would not want to play the Panthers in my first game back, or, especially or, when you rush back or the Rams or the, or the Eagles. Rams, yeah, I mean those four defensive. I mean. Look, Look, there's no, there's no secret why those four teams are going to be playoff teams because their defensive lines are really good. Uh, I mean, look, I don't think you want to play Carolina either because Carolina is doing enough offensively to make you say, "Well, wait a minute, you know, Cam's playing better." Can we just say Cam Newton outplayed Aaron Rodgers today? I know the whole storyline was Rodgers had this great game and almost pulled off this comeback. I mean, Cam Newton's twenty for thirty-one, two hundred forty-two yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, no. When he plays like that, they're hard to beat. Absolutely. And they get Charles Johnson. See, I think that's the other thing. When they can get Charles Johnson back, this is what I think the third game without they get one Mm -hmm. more game to go and they get him back. That'll really help their defensive front. Uh, Yeah, big win for the Panthers. uh, Big win for the NFC South. Now. You know, it's going to come down to the wire with the Saints and the Panthers to see who can win that one. But obviously, the Saints have uh, the tiebreaker with the two wins over the Panthers. Next up, we got another statement game. The Minnesota Vikings, they go to Cincinnati and they just basically blow them out from Why start to Mar- finish. If Marvin, wants to qu- if Marvin wants to quit, can't he just keep – like, wouldn't it be better off just to say – like way to the end of the year. Like I know Adam Schefter's great at what he does and he gets incredible scoops from everybody and he's wired to, to everybody in the league. But I mean, like, do you really need that? Like, like an hour before you're going to get ready to play or whatever time you put it on, like Marvin says he's not coming back. And of course, Marvin denied it after the game. Right. Of course. I mean, what can he say at that point? I mean, yeah, like what can he say? Obviously, he leaked that, but then you can't go. He didn't want to be full frontal and and say, here's what it is. So he, you know, so basically the team played like they were so flat. Like there were two teams today. And I I know this from watching because Tony Pease, we watched the Browns too. You know, we we don't discriminate. I apologize for making that Browns pick. I will say that. Because you owe a lot of people that. (laughs) People were coming up to me saying, did Tate Frazier really pick the Browns? Anyway, um, that second uh, quarter, though. They look good. Yeah. But, like, they were <laughs> flat as hell, too. Like, I mean, their GM just basically said you're not real players. You think mm-hmm. they're going to play hard? No. I mean, come on. I mean, Duke Johnson did one good move, and that was I mean, about it. I mean, you think they're going to play had. hard? Yeah. I mean, and now now Hughes won in 29, and then the best thing of all. <laughs> coming back. No, he's coming. Not only is he coming back, people are going to trade for him. <laughs> People want to trade for you. That's the that's the latest. Scoop. I hope the Bengals trade for him. That's what they say. The Bengals could buy. Like, how is that possible? You're one in twenty nine. Like nobody's one in twenty nine. How 29. frustrated is Mike Zimmer hearing that? You know, no one's giving him any credit for the great coaching job he's actually doing in Minnesota. Then yeah. Hugh, who was with him when Cincinnati, is getting all the love. He's I mean, only won one Dirk Cotter's sitting down there saying, "Everybody says I'm getting fired. <laughs> I've won. I've won some games. I'm not, I'm not one in twenty nine. Like, you're gonna measure me against that? Look, I think the Vikings were great. They were gonna beat the Bengals thing no matter what they did. You know, mm-hmm. the Vikings going to be a hard team to play up there. I mean, Case Keenum's still playing well. They put Teddy Bridgewater in through a pick today. You know, it wasn't his fault. It, it was a it great his, moment it when he his, came back in the, the game. Fans were going crazy. Absolutely. But I, 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 I mean, this Minnesota team, now they have Green Bay on the road. I think they have somebody else. But, you know, Philly's got the number one seed. I don't think anybody's scared to go play Philly in Philadelphia based on what I saw today up in New York. I know Nick Foles threw for four touchdown passes, but that was a tough game. Tough game. Uh, another statement game. We've got the Jaguars. They get the big win. Blake Bortles is getting a lot of love, Mike Lombardi. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's um, I mean, Blake made a throw today that I actually said to myself, oh, my God, that's a big-time throw. Like I got to say that that Blake Bortles made a throw today 
that was unbelievable. But I, you know, look, I'm I'm like not buying this stuff. Like, okay, the Eagles beat the the Giants. That was a hard game. I mean, this Texan, this poor Texan team, like they don't have anybody left. Like they they're calling. They don't even have reserve army. They're like they're going back. They're looking for volunteers. <laughs> Like it's like poor TJ Yates. I, I gave him all this credit last week, and he comes out today and just lays. Oh, an egg. But that was like a no chance game down there. I mean, come on, they got no offensive line. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, look, I, I look. The Jaguars are going to be a tough out because of their defense. Again, I'm going to say this again. If the Jaguars play against good teams and Blake does it against a good team, I'll be the first guy to admit, hey, I was wrong about Blake, but I'm not buying into this against a Houston secondary. That's not very good. Just like today, you know, the the Nick Foles throws four touchdown passes against you can't, other than Eli Apple, it's hard to find guys back there in their secondary, right? Mm-hmm. So like the level of comp isn't quite to the level of comp that you need when it comes to playoff time. I think the big thing for the Jaguars too, I mean obviously no Fournette with an injury. Lee goes out with an injury. I mean Keelan Cole was the big receiver today. Mick was big for them, but yeah. when you get into big games and you play the Steelers in Pittsburgh, you're gonna you know, yeah. you're gonna have to have guys like Lee out there and Fournette yeah, out there to really. That's right. Send you're gonna statement. have to change the game. I mean, they're gonna, they're they're probably gonna have to go in. Pittsburgh will be the two seed. They're probably gonna have to go in two place three usually, mm-hmm. one place four. You're gonna have to go into Pittsburgh and, and win another game. You got to beat Pittsburgh on their field twice in the same year. Hard to do. Absolutely. Uh, another statement win. The Kansas City Chiefs, a team that you know people have kind of gone back and forth on from saying they were a real Super Bowl contender, and then obviously they had this bad run, and now, I mean, they showed up against the Chargers, and we we said this on Saturday sit down. The Chargers may show up and be the Chargers of old. Oh, the Chargers! Can, the it. game was too big for the Chargers. Yes, I mean the game. Anybody who thought the Chargers were just going to go out there and dominate were wrong. I mean, like we look, they're the better team. Don't get me wrong. If Bill Belichick coached the Chargers, you would bet the Chargers like hands down. But for whatever reason, those those things that make you win. To the secret to all victory is the organization. The Chargers are not very good at non obvious. I mean, they just did, like they take too many chances. That you know, Bosa and, and Ingram really their impact wasn't in the game. Like I still don't think Kansas City is any good, but Kansas City won the game and Kansas City dominated the game when they had to do it in the second half. They made the plays that they had to make. I don't think Kansas City's improved. I saw the Jets move the ball up and down the field on them. I know Marcus Peters played better, but you you know you can't do these like to me. Like tonight, the Raiders in Dallas or when you play Kansas City, they can't cover well enough that you don't have to take nine route shots mm-hmm. like what, what, what Rivers was doing. There's enough throws that they can't cover. Just keep matriculating the ball down. Just keep taking the profits. They're trying to take the big play. I think they got a little cocky because yeah. they've been blowing these teams out Yeah, just take week. the profits. Yeah. Just just keep taking it. It's like playing $5 blackjack. If you keep winning, just keep playing. Like, don't go and all of a sudden play a $1,000 blackjack and lose two hands and all of a sudden you're out of money, right? Just keep taking the profits. I and can't I, relate to that. I wish I had $1,000. I, I don't gamble either. But my point is, <laughs> it's like I don't understand why they did it. And I saw that, to me, against San Diego. And I never, ever get the sense that – I know San Diego is really good on defense – at end, but I never get cons- the sense they ever control. I mean, look, we talked about the I Browns I think when game. they play like this, we should call them the San Diego Chargers, and yeah. when they play good, we'll call them the L.A. Chargers. I mean, I can't stop. It's been 30 years I've called them the <laughs> San Diego. I, I apologize to people in Los Angeles, but I, I don't see how they possibly – there's just not enough mental toughness in their team. Like, I never think they're good on defense to really think – that. like, I think Bosa and Ingram are great. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. But I never feel like they just take control of the game. We talked about that secondary in the back end, and they really got exposed in that game. Right. Now, that being said, I think this, the Patriots are probably happier in hell that they're, they're probably not going to make the playoffs because the one team that doesn't match up 
is the guy the team that has ends like they have, and Brady would be worried about it. Just like if Jacksonville comes to town, they'd be worried about blocking those guys. So I, I think that's probably the case. Absolutely. Uh, let's go and play our favorite game that we do each week, and it's called Guess the Narratives. Uh, if you had to pick one narrative this week that's going to pop out to the world, what would you say, Mike Lombardi? Oh, uh, let's see. Guess the narrative. I'm going to guess that uh, you know everything's fine in Philadelphia. Nick Foles threw four touchdowns, and things are great. Mm-hmm. They're going to build a statue for Nick Foles. Like I watched <laughs> that game. I mean, Eli threw for five. Eli looked like you could almost make the case that Eli's back, and they had the ball with where they had a ball first and goal down there. They really, the four plays in the red zone were really, I think they would probably like to have back. They wasted two plays down the red zone. Look, I think the Eagles did what they had to do. Would McAdoo have drawn up a better play down there? No, I don't think McAdoo (laughs) would have drawn up. This is the first time they've scored 30 points in forever. Like, okay. So, I mean, they were moving the ball. I mean, they could, the Eagles couldn't cover them. Mm -hmm. I mean, Eagles, and these are, this wasn't the first line receivers for the Giants. They could say, well, the Eagles had a letdown game. I don't know. I mean, Foles, I thought, played well enough, but it wasn't like dominant. Like, he wasn't like, oh my God. He threw four touchdown passes. One guy wasn't wide open. One guy was wide open. He didn't cover him. He put the ball in twice. I mean, I thought it was a nice win. I don't know if you can say Philly off that performance is a Super Bowl contender, especially if you, if they had to play the Rams or if they had to play Carolina or Minnesota. I don't see that. Yeah, I would say this. The Carson Carson Wentz MVP case that we've all been pushing. I know personally I've been pushing this Me whole too. time. Uh, I think when you see Nick Foles go and throw four touchdowns, I mean, some people, I don't think it should necessarily, but some people are going to take that. It was like, well, they can throw anybody in there, even yeah. though Nick Foles is a quality quarterback. And No, Nick Foles played well. I mean, they did enough to win the game. They, they Their special teams played well. They blocked a punt. They turned the ball. Eli turned the ball over. I mean, they're up 20-6. to six. And Eli, but the kicker, I mean, the kicker for the Giants killed him. He had a field extra point block and he had a field goal blocked. I mean, they had a chance to really, they had a, they should have, you know, but that's what happens when you're two and 11. You yeah. should have, could have, would have, and you can't do it. Exactly. And then you got to wait to next season. Uh, What's your narrative? I got the Todd Gurley MVP momentum. Yeah. We, we've had back. Don't to, jinx him now. Here, here look, this is going to be like the Madden curse. I'm going to say we, we had Carson Wentz, we had penciled him in as the MVP. He goes down, unfortunately. We had Antonio Brown, we penciled him in, penciled him in as the MVP, going to go against the Patriots. He goes down. So Todd Gurley, I will say that the momentum will gain because of this big oh, game. Oh, and he the had. Russell Wilson MVP thing. Can we play that? We can stop that now. He's the MVP of their team. He is their team, but he's not the MVP of the league. You can't be the MVP of the league and not qualify for the playoffs, right? And you also can't be the MVP of the league when you're not the MVP of your own division. I mean, right. let's be quite honest about yeah. that. I mean, but- Gurley's the best player. I mean, I we said this on the Saturday sit down, and I'll keep saying it again. The Rams are a really good run team. They do everything they do is based off of Gurley. It's not based off of Goff. And their screen game, which is basically, you know, Todd Gurley just basically getting him out in space and it's letting him go. It's all their misdirection stuff. It's all they have very few drop back passes in the game. It's all that. I, I'm look, I think Gurley's been great. He looks like he's rejuvenated himself. He looks like he's back from when he was before the knee injury. I mean, he's shot out of a cannon. He's explosive. So I, I'm all for that one. Yeah, so if I had to say the the big thing, I would say Gurley, probably yeah. the MVP. I mean, look, I think you could make a – I mean, Gurley's been great. I mean, Antonio Brown's been great too, and but they had the, the Steelers had the Patriots beat today without him. I you got to do things on the stage, right? So today, obviously, people are going to tune in to watch the NFC show, NFC West showdown in Seattle. People are going to say, you know, let's see if Seattle's a real team that can contend. And then this happens. The Rams go up there and just be, blow yeah. them out and dominate them, and it's all because of Gurley for the most part. Yeah, no, they, they went up there and they, and they went up there with a well, they went up there with an agenda. I mean, they went up there and they weren't going to they were not going to back down. I mean, I think it showed a lot of mental toughness for the Rams what they did. They went in there, they looked at it, and they said, you know, they beat us once. They're not going to get away beating us again and and look 
it's not the same team. Seattle's rapidly declining. I mean, Seattle is rapidly declining. I don't care what happens between now and the next two games, especially when your head coach comes out and says, you know, it's now we're up to a three-game season, and then that's how you come out and respond. I think you got some real issues. He also said he couldn't find a silver lining in the game, which I'd have, you know, I agree. I, with. I agree. Yeah, with him. There. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's no silver lining in that game at all. Absolutely. I mean, Aaron Donald had three sacks in the game. I mean, you know, you talking about an MVP candidate? There's one for you right there. Yeah, they got a bunch of guys on that Rams defense. That I mean, Ogletree, Quinn, Donald. I mean, the list goes on and on with those yep, guys. No doubt. Uh, the other thing I would say is the catch rule. We're going to hear that all week. Everyone's yeah, going to be talking about that. But we've been doing that for four years. So eventually, they're going to address this at some point. The catch rule. What's pass interference? I mean, look. I just think to me, what's not being talked about, and I, we talked about this in the opening, like there's difference between the guy not having control and a guy trying to cross the goal line. There's a complete, and then once you start getting into that, once you start trying to be a mind reader, then I think it becomes real dangerous. Yeah. And then we're going to replay for all this stuff and we're doing nitpicky things like centimeter by centimeter. And uh, I don't know, all this stuff is. Is a lot for football, I think. Uh, before we get into uh, some awards here, let's take a quick break to tell you about the Ringers YouTube channel. We have stepped up our game in 2017 with weekly videos like Cousin Sal's Best Bet, Slow News Day, NBA Desktop, No BS, Table Reads, Director's Commentary, and Captain Morgan's Make Believe Casino, as well as our video podcast, just like this one, GM Street, and many movies like Take Hunter, Ringer 360, and Claytheism. Coming in 2018, a weekly video mailbag from the boss, Bill Simmons, another series called Mallory out of a hat and a slew of other new digital shows don't want to miss anything just go to ringer.com slash videos or even better please subscribe to our channel at youtube.com slash the ringer let's go to our awards right are we ready for that i think we are yeah i think we can let's do it uh the tony palermo award i'm just no kidding. <laughs> no fred joel solomon's probably the tony palermo award he, this week. joel he, was impressive he was good he there. held it together he didn't he, throw anything at the tv that no, was good he was, for he was good he's, he's not going to sleep much tonight he's going to be so upset but look I, I think you got to give it to the rams i mean the rams went up there with a good game plan mm-hmm. they got beat by them i think the rams kicked ass i think jacksonville kicked ass i mean look the one thing you got to do if when you're the better team is take control of the game early like they did in Jacksonville. You know, that's what happened to Philadelphia. They didn't take control of the game early. They fought back. You know, they're playing a two and eleven team and had to fight back to do it. But uh, you know, you got to take control of a game early like they did and win on the road like the Rams did. The Rams are a good road team. I think that was impressive. I give them credit. They almost look better on the road, which they is really very are better on the road. They you know, other and you know, look, that when Gurley was going like he's going and they can do all the things they are and Cup, I mean, look, that would have been worse. Cup drops another pass. I mean, for a guy who gets so much publicity and so much love, he drops a lot of balls. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think someone in the crowd today had a sign with like all these first round picks, like Mike Williams, and it like was a first round pick, and he has like ten catches, and yeah, they, and then they had Cooper Cup, and it was like third round, fifty eight catches, like Cooper. I, th- I think it's more of the underdog yeah. story. Well, he he going. I mean, he's a good player, but like you almost think he's got like you know unbelievable Chris Carter hands, but he really does. I mean, he drops a lot more than you think he should. Well, he almost gets covered more than Gurley, which I think is the whole point yeah. of this exercise is the guy needs to get covered more because he basically is the engine to the Rams offense. Right. That's right. Uh, next up, we. Have the KGB award, and that's probably going to go to the Seahawks, right? Oh, I mean, the Seahawks played the Seahawks or the Texans. I mean, there's a big list you can go through right here. 
Can we do a quick tangent here? I just want to ask you about Billy O'Brien. I mean, is there, there's got to be trouble in paradise at well, this point. Well, we talked about it earlier. Look, I, I mean, Billy O'Brien has never really had a harmonious relationship with the front office. I mean, that's fact. I mean, I don't care what anybody, they can deny it all they want in Houston. It's, you know, Billy's comes from a place where he's always had a collaborative effort. You know, New England's, even though Belichick is the general manager and he is the head coach, there's a lot of collaboration that goes on within the building. It, you know, Rick Smith is the general manager. He's got a four-year contract. He's, you know, he's, He's he's the best friends of the owner's son. I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be the general manager there long after uh, Billy O'Brien's not coaching. So Billy O'Brien's got one year left. I think they're going to have to make a decision. I think all these guys that have one year left, especially with all these jobs that are going to open up, we know Cincy's going to open. We know Chicago's going to open. We know Indy's going to open up, right? We think Arizona, he's going to retire. Now, does that mean Todd Bowles, who's got one year left on this contract, does he want to be a lame duck or can he go? You know, there's going to be a lot of yeah, those. Could Billy O'Brien want to go to Indianapolis? Or, right, where yeah. he's not a lame duck anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And so are you either going to give me an extension or what am I going to do here, right? And there's so many jobs that are going to be open. You got to worry about that. I mean, you got to, you know, look, if you got a good coach in your hand, you better keep them and try to help them, not try to think you're going to get just get another guy to come in here. Or you could just trade for Hugh Jackson because he's the best coach in the league. Well, there's no doubt. There's going to be a lot of teams doing that. I mean, because who – Tate Frazier, where else can you get a guy who's won one game in, in 30? I mean, where else can you get this? They that don't exist anymore. That, that there's a command for. Like, I don't understand. I think I think I was told by somebody reliably in Cleveland that, first of all, let's just say this. the general Maybe you manager, could trade for Bobby Petrino in the college ranks or something. Yeah, he, Bobby would be a hell of a coach. Anyway – I'd probably still be at the Raiders if they would let me hire Bobby. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the the reality. So Sashi Brown was on record as saying a year ago, "We're no four win team. We're not tanking. We're not a four win team." Of course, they won one game. And then I was I was told by some of the reliably in Cleveland that Hughes on record of saying, "Like if we win one game next year, I'll go swimming in Lake Erie." Why? Well, I, he's got he's got to he's got to have put together a streak here, or else he's going if he's going in for a swim. We should go video that. that yeah, that, that, you want some video content? I, I, That's a pivot to video. We'll get Hugh Jackson swimming in Lake Erie. That'll yeah. be good. Uh, all right. Next up, we got can't tell my courage from my desperation. Who's that this week? I, you know, look, I got to give some love to my man Jimmy G. <laughs> Like, can we? The have best a mo- thing about this is that that was not what Mike Lombardi picked b- before when we planned this show, and I love it. You just can't deny how much you love Jimmy G. I can't deny it. Like <laughs> I sit there, and my man. Now I got a guy who sits next to me. He's a Jet fan, Anthony. He sits next to me, and now so I, I put the Jimmy G up, and I like the poor guy's probably got bruises on his right arm because I'm elbow. Do you see Jimmy on that throw? Do you see Jimmy on that throw? Like, oh my god! There were so many tin jerseys in the crowd today too in San Francisco. Oh. They kept cutting to the crowd. All you saw was tins. I mean, they're buying in. To this guy, buying in, they, they ought to buy that hook, line, and sinker. They just mm-hmm. got a franchise quarterback. Are you kidding me? I think he was the last, the last 49ers quarterback to win back to back games in his first two starts. Was what like Jeff Garcia or something? It was like something crazy like that. I can't. I mean, first of all, he came from behind again, right? Like uh-huh. he beat the Bears from behind on a drive. In this game, he throws. A, I mean, that's just it was, it was. And look, the Titans are supposed to be. A, they're supposed to be good. They're classic good bad team. The Titans, absolutely. I, I don't know where are the Titans in ranking. I mean, the, where are they? Are they in or out now? No, they're in. They're. I think they're the sixth seed now. Are they still the sixth seed? The Titans are the five seed. The Bills are the sixth seed. Oh, my God. That's a bad wild card. Weekend. I think we should trade one of those teams out for one of these NFC teams. Yeah, because I'll like tell you Lions something. Lions should go in, Cowboys, Seahawks, well, the, maybe I mean, even the 49ers. Just let them go in. Let Jimmy G play in the playoffs. I'd love to watch another Jimmy G game. I mean, I'd watch another, <laughs> just for you. They I'd watch that another just for Jimmy you. G game. I mean, he was, I mean, the guy's unbelievable. The guy is really, 
really a, a true franchise quarterback. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, you, there's no way he's Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's better than Kirk Cousins. Can I ask you, are you, yeah. are you a little sad that he's not going to be playing for the Patriots when you watch him there? You know, I am sad because I, I feel really, you know, the reason I have so much love for Jimmy G is because I got fired he in Cleveland. He was groomed in the system. I got fired in Cleveland, as you know. We were doing a lot of work on quarterbacks before I got fired. And... You know, and so that work actually did pay off. And, I, you know, it did pay off a little bit at the end. Then they got drafted. And then what you saw and what you thought you could see, to me, there's a sense of fulfillment with the guy. I really feel, you know, good for him. And he's a great kid. I love the kid, too. You know, I've been around the kid a lot. He's humble. He works his ass off. I mean, he, nothing's going to get to his head. He's been groomed good. And he plays well. I mean, you just can't deny it. Who's going to get the statue at Eastern Illinois? Is it going to be Tony Romo or Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, I love Tony, too. But... Jimmy Tony G. might get one with like the mic in his hand, yeah. and Jimmy might get one with the football. Jimmy's going to win some Super Bowls. I mean, Kyle's a really good coach. I mean, obviously, and they're playing with guys that they're, they're not the most talented team in football right now, and they just beat the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, the Titans are really good. You know, they're really good. All oh, the Titans are just so classic. I mean, they had a chance to win this game. They got a third and four, and, of course, they they run some stupidly conservative play. There's, there's a job that could open up, too. See, that's what I think we're not counting on some of these jobs that are going to open up. There's some jobs that are going to open up, whether it's, you know, the Titans or another team that people think are, are safe, right? But the owner is going to say, if I can get this coach to be my head coach, if I get Billy O'Brien to be the coach, I might fire my guy to get him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that's going to happen for Billy O'Brien, but I'm just saying that's the mentality that some of, that's going on in some of these buildings. Can I get John Gruden? And if I get John, if I know I can get John Gruden, I'll fire my guy. You know, no. So think, you're saying time to go in the lamb is Mike Malarkey. Oh, I think Malarkey's <laughs> in trouble. I think Malarkey's in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I do. I think he's in trouble. I don't know if he's going to go on the. I I, I think. That's going to be an interesting one because I'm not sure there's there's all talk about where they're going to sell that team, all that stuff. It's a little bit more complicated there. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty there, so it's going to be hard to get somebody. But the quarterback hasn't really developed. Their team isn't really any much better. I mean, let's be real honest here. And, mm-hmm. you know, they lose to San Francisco, you know, and we predicted it. We did. You did. You did. Uh, and finally, if you don't know, now you know. Uh, Home field's going through the Patriots, huh? Everybody's going to go through. Through Foxborough. Through Foxborough. What a novel concept. They have uh, Miami left, right? They Mm -hmm. have Buffalo this week, and then they have Miami. They finished the final two at home, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Miami. Miami, oh, I'll tell you, that's the other team we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about Buffalo. Can we talk about Buffalo for a second? Talk about Buffalo, and then I'm going to talk about Jay Cutler. Okay, but I mean, Buffalo, I think Buffalo, look, they've had their ups and downs. I think Sean McDermott's done a hell of a job. I think Sean McDermott, like everybody wants to give coach of the year to the guy that wins it. I think Sean McDermott has done a tremendous job coaching that team. Like They're, they're not great. They, they, they make mistakes. They screw things up. He's a young coach, but I think he's done a great job. I think he's got a great future there. I think they're going to go places again today. Miami, your, your Miami Dolphins, they reverted back to who we think that who we thought they were. Mm-hmm. They're exactly who we thought they were, right? They're just horrible. Yeah, we talked about onside kick earlier and how nervous and scary that may be. The Dolphins get this great onside kick, and you're thinking to yourself as you watch that live, like, oh, this will be interesting. Let's see what happens with this. They get the onside onside kick, and it happens. And I swear to you, not within two minutes, as soon as the Dolphins line back up to to go out there and play offense, they hike the ball to Jay Cutler, and he just throws it back to the Bills. It was like he wanted to just go home anyway. He's like, all right, well, you guys can have the ball back. We didn't even even need to do this. They can't even blame it on the weather. They can't even (laughs) blame it on the weather. Like, it wasn't like a snowy day there. I mean, like, give Buffalo Buffalo some credit. I love Buffalo. I, I think Sean's done a great job. I think it's been unbelievable. Did we miss a game? Did we talk? Did we miss any games here? 
I'm just running through it right now. I mean, as far as I mean, obviously the Lions, you know, they they get a win, they're going to stay in the playoff picture. Look, look, anybody thinks John Fox is going to coach the Bears next year is not thinking. I mean, let's just be really honest. They're going to make a change. They're going to have to. And and you know, I tweeted out this. You know, uh, what would happen if the Bears would have drafted Deshaun Watson? And of course, naturally, I get all these. Well, he would have been hurt. He has no receivers. At some point, like this is what drives me absolutely insane. Okay, we watched Jimmy Garoppolo. And he makes these receivers look really good. You don't have no idea who these receivers like. They're playing with nobody at receiver and nobody at running back. I know, you know, they have a they had some skill. Carlos Hyde's there, but for the most part, they don't really have anybody. All of a sudden, now these receivers start to look good. When you get a great quarterback, everybody else looks good. So this crap, well, he doesn't have this, he doesn't have that. You know, like I was texting with a coach in the league. I said, you know, the Bears should have drafted Watson. And he said, yeah, but Watson has, you know, he has all those receivers down. He has down. Fuller he and has Hopkins, Fuller. yeah. Yeah, well, so does Tom Savage. So does T, <laughs> you know, they're not making any plays for him, right? That's what drives you crazy. Like if they take, if you take the right player, he makes everybody else better. Jimmy's the right player. Watson's the right player. Like, is is Trubisky the right player? He might be, but it ain't right now. He is. Don't listen to him, Mitchell. Oh, that's just, <laughs> just kidding. I wanted to mention one thing. We did say that the Giants scored 30 points. What did they score? 20? 29. 29. They're almost there. They're on the cusp. Maybe, maybe well, they one lost day. Th- what they lost? lose? 34-29. 34-29. Yeah, yeah, so they had the four four plays to go in the end zone. That was really – they kind of poorly – they tried to run the ball on third and third and eight from the red. It was horrible. Like, I wasn't sure what their play call. And then they threw the ball in the back of the end zone. That was kind of an iffy call. Look, I, Eagles, the Eagles had a hard-fought win. That was a good win for the Eagles. And Nick Foles threw four touchdowns, and he looks good, like, doing it. But, I mean, they're going to play better competition as it goes forward. And they won the – and look, they're going to have home – it's going to go through Philly. I just don't think it's going to be hard to go through Philly just because, oh, it's like you can't win there. Yeah, it's uh, that's probably the biggest takeaway. We know we're going to go through Foxborough. We know we know we're going to go through Philadelphia, and the Patriots look like they're primed and ready for it. And now we're going to have probably a showdown between the Steelers and the Patriots again in the playoffs. And the the Eagles look pretty vulnerable at this point. Yeah, you and, got the Jeff Fisher quarterbacks. You got yeah. Case Keenum. You got Nick Foles and Jared Goff. And Jared Goff. That's right. Three the big three, all making the playoffs. What do you think Jeff Fisher's up to right now? Just buying new sunglasses? No, I think Jeff thinks he's going to become a head coach again. I think he's working it. I think he's working it behind the scenes. I Maybe we'll go back to Tennessee or something. We could. I think he's got a lot of contacts in the league. I'm sure the league office will push him through, you know, try to get him a job somewhere. Absolutely. He wants to be a head coach again. Yeah. It, you know, part, what people don't realize is these jobs are select, they are elected, not selected. So a lot of these owners that, you know, they feel like you can be in, they're getting talked to by the league office. They'll listen to somebody. You never know. I mean, look, you could never, you could never tell. I mean, there's going to be some, there could be so many openings, but at least there'll be six, seven. I mean, it's ridiculous. You would think at some point with the workforce, with teams being having 32 teams, you'd figure out how do we get better, co- how does this improve? But it doesn't. And we keep looking at the problem as if it's always just the coach. It's not always the coach. It's the organization. And that's a great final throw from Mike Lombardi. This has been GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Tate Frazier. Thank you, Mike Lombardi. Thanks, Tate Frazier. 